How you doing, Neil? Good. Ah. Anything cool? Not a whole lot. Ah. Yeah. Well. I watched two of the Hobbit movies. Yep. So that's about uh, that's about uh, five hours you want back. Yeah. Almost six. Yeah, it's just about six. Yeah. Why'd you do it, man? I just had to see what it was. It's about what I, mean, I expected. I'm like, okay, here's a scene from the cartoon, and then long stretches of stuff. That padding. I, yeah, padding, padding, padding. Filler, filler, filler. An unexpected smog. Except I don't come from the Highlands, so I'm just going to call them smog. Hey, we got new episodes of Catch a Contractor. In fact, that should be recording right now. I just love the fact that I always wonder what would happen if uh, if someone yeah, what would happen off. if someone walked off and I was wondering what could they do? I mean, or, or would they actually hound them and harass them until the end of the days? And it turns out, yes. I just love that now that it's an hour long, you get to see so much more of the confrontations, and it's so it it's just it's almost too much. I have to like stop every now and then and just like catch my breath because it's so <laughs> it's like you need to like. You know, smoke a cigarette, order up a hooker, you know, run around the block <laughs> a couple times just to just to settle down. <laughs> like I, I just love the fact that 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 they're like, hey, maybe we should talk to the guys you're working for right now. Yeah, I, I love how they say, well, you know, we'll leave today, but we'll just come back tomorrow at the next job you're on, and then the next job and the next job. He's like, okay, I'll come back. He's like, I'll call the police. And they're like, go ahead, call the police. Yeah, I just love how they totally they they totally got got the guy and and. I'm thinking that's going to happen a lot more often now. Yeah, I think so. I was kind of wondering what would happen because now the, the, the contractors have got to know what that guy's wife looks like. So I'm like, how are they going to keep her in well, the show? And she Now she's got like an assistant. I assume she's going to have a different assistant each season. Yeah. Because I would, you know what, I would love to see the episode where the guy walks in and recognizes her. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it, it'd be like it'd be like the episode of To Catch a Predator where the where the judge pulls out the gun and shoots himself, and they kept on filming. South Park made an episode about that. He's just such an ass when he comes out, but he he can do that because he's talking to a child predator. <laughs> he's like, so what you doing tonight? Oh, you're going to leave? back. Oh, he can leave any time he wants. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just here talking. And I love when people recognize him. They're like, oh, I'm going to jail. <laughs> one time it was two guys, and one guy knew, knew what was up, and the other one didn't. And the the guy who knew what was going on is just like, dude, we're going to jail. We are? Oh, no. Come check out Comic Connoisseurs. Every week, we take a look at the comics that come out and have a roundtable discussion about an awesome comic topic. Want to join in on the fun? Tell us and you can be on the show. Check us out on iTunes and ComicConnoisseurs.com. It's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's DeCian, the superhero webcomic. DeCian's got superhero antics and sexy girls. Read it now at thecn.com, D-A-S-I-E-N.com. Hello, welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about the worst Tom and Jerry cartoons ever. Just a hint, if you see something that looks Eastern European or see Tom with a bow tie. Jerry. Well, they both had bow ties for a while. Well, if you see either of them with a bow tie, just run. Run, run, and run as fast as you can. So, uh, you course, I'm my host, TV's Mr. Neil. It's the Tom and Jerry show. Oh, God. <laughs> and a bunch of other characters you might remember from back in the day. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, 
the uh, we're covering the bad era, which is you know, Tom and Jerry got passed around like a. <laughs> okay, I don't know of a good way of making this analogy without getting hit by the feminists. So Tom and Jerry got passed around. So let's just say that. You know, like <laughs> to other everyone got a turn. Yeah, and uh, filmation got a piece. Uh, you know, uh, Gene Deitch. Uh, Chuck Jones's studio got a piece, and 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 the thing is, this is these, you know, I think the classic Tom and Jerry's were some of the best, mm-hmm. but there was clearly a time when Tom and Jerry just passed the date that it was actually, you know, really good. Right. Well, you gotta have you gotta have good slapstick, and you gotta have a really high quality animation studio behind it, and. If, once once the quality starts to go, there's really nothing to do because you know you lose all of the uh, all of the the joy in the animation. If you if you're just gonna like recycle footage like like a late era Hanna Barbera filmation, there's no point. And that's why right. those, that's why those cartoons are so bad because they kept reusing recycling the same shit over and over. Among among other problems, I mean. The derp faces and, and the later cartoon is pretty bad too. Well, I think it's a combination of other things too, because uh, lots of the visual jokes in the early uh, Hanna Barbera era, or if you want to be really technical, the MGM era, you know, relied he- heavily on, you know, as Neil said, the gorgeous animation, and and uh, the problem is when you have subpar animators that are working in a bubble with their own ideas of things, you get really weird animation jokes that don't make sense. Like uh, a Gene Deitch era cartoon. Don't bring up Cat Whiskey. I'm not going to bring up okay. Cat Whiskey. I'm talking about the episode where they're in Rome. Yeah. And the pillars of Rome were also elevators and trash cans because one of the animators thought that – a Roman pillar looked like an elevator in a trash can. Uh, that that really didn't bother me that much. But, but I, the, I the, understood the joke. I know, but it doesn't really translate that well because mm. one animator thought this and he couldn't animate it well enough to make it look interesting and it just felt like, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. Okay. I think Gene Deitch gets too much of a bad rap. I, he did a serviceable job with the cartoons. He's probably the best of the bad era. <laughs> the problems I have is like the the studios that try to shoehorn the concept of Tom and Jerry into an animation style where it just doesn't belong. I mean, there there are even styles of animation that I like, like uh, the early television version of Hanna Barbera, which I think is really good, but it it wouldn't work for Tom and Jerry because it's it's all it's all uh, made for talking. You know, yes. it's, it's made for characters like Fred Flintstone who could flap his lips and not do a lot of shit while he's on the screen. Whereas Tom and Jerry needed a lot of action, and you couldn't do that. <clears throat> and that's why the, the 70s version where Jerry had the bow tie and they were friends, that's why that version doesn't work. Because it's a lot of them walking around and... Hanging and, out and pantomiming to each other. Yeah, hanging out with each other. And know, that drove me crazy was when they wanted to communicate with each other about something. They didn't talk, but they pantomimed what they wanted to do. And that just felt really... It felt like they were trying to adhere to the base concept that Tom and Jerry don't usually talk, mm-hmm. unless it's funny. 
but at the same time, they just sort of cheapen it by, you know, having this pantomiming bullshit that the thing is, this is you could have two characters pantomime to each other. They're supposed to be silent characters if you have a really good animation director, but they didn't. Yeah. So that's why it didn't work. Yeah, it's the same problem. You, if you can't really, if your animators are not really used to that sort of thing, then it's not really going to work. Yeah. Because pantomiming in and of itself could be, and has been really interesting, depending on the animator. I mean, uh, uh, what's it? What's uh, Chuck Jones had these two characters, uh, Mark Antony and uh, and uh, little kitten. Was, uh, it, was it Pussyfoot? It, it was. Yes. It was some pun like that. Yeah. And and the bulldog Mark Antony, all of his actions are pantomime, but those cartoons are wonderful. Yeah. So pantomiming in of itself is not a flaw in animation, and if, it, if with the right director, it could be wonderful. But with a I, weak director and weak animation, it just falls flat. Well, I think part of that is is that Chuck Jones is a is a good character actor, and I, I'm going to call him an actor just because he he puts his own uh, personality into the cartoons. He's he's really making the characters emote and behave so that they play to the audience and you know the, you you register what they're what they're thinking without them saying anything whereas the the 70s tom and jerry show is just a lot of derp faces it's just faces you can't read and they're you know pointing and making hand signals to each other and like it's like you don't know what's going on and a lot of stock faces i mean like what uh john k would say is that like Animation studios when, nowadays, when they come up with uh, character models, you know, you have like five expressions: it's like happy, sad, angry, sometimes perplexed. <laughs> you know, it it would be it's ex- it's exceedingly rare when you know one of those cartoons could capture an emotion like melancholy. Yes, that's true. I, and it's you know the flaws. You know. It, the other flaw is, you know, especially the, uh, the the filmation Tom and Jerry, is you actually have these uh, you have these other MGM characters, you know, these MGM slash uh, Hanna Barbera characters that are like in this weird spot in the, in the animation history because you have, uh, uh, you know, you have what's his name Droopy, yeah, you have Droopy, you have uh, that, uh, you have. Uh, Spike and Tyke, you have uh, the uh, what's his name, the that fox guy whose name I keep forgetting. Uh, fox guy. Yeah, it's like a rotund, you know, well rotund in the bottom kind of fox guy that, or wolf guy or something like that. It's, I don't know. That's the it's thing probably is, the wolf. Yeah, and these these are characters that you know, well I know Spike and Tyke really didn't have like much of a solo career. They were like in a in a couple Tom and Jerry's. Well, not a couple. They were in a lot of Tom and Jerry's. Spike more than Tyke, but you know, you get my point. Yeah. And, but, you know, Droopy and, and all these others, it just felt like, you know, the, this need to make the variety show. And the animation variety show, if done wrong, is disastrous. And the variety show is born out of the fact that uh, the original theater shorts that were done in the forties were later repackaged into a block of television together. And then you have to have like these, uh, and when they did that, 
and they wanted to make other shows like that, they decided the best way to do that is to do a variety show to best capture that whole segment, 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 minimum of three segments in a 30-minute uh, block kind of deal. And the, the thing is, is the, the theater shorts were born out of their own need, and to try to, like, recapture Jarred Lightning kind of failed, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's very few um, animation variety shows that really succeeded. I mean, Animaniacs is probably the only modern one that really succeeded. Right. I mean, there were. I think there are some classic examples. I think uh, Underdog and Ten- Ten- Tennessee's Tuxedo and the uh, the King Leonardo cartoons. Those were all in like a big variety package back when they first aired. So you're right. Those those actually were successes. You're right. Yeah. I apologize. Well, those aren't modern examples, though. You you were saying like modern yes. examples was like yes. Animaniacs, which really is the only, well, unless you count Freakazoid, but that's again, that's kind of like the same thing. Yes. So uh, that's that's the big problem that uh, that you know the the need to create the variety show format created was okay. We need to get all these and friend characters, mm. and <laughs> yeah, Simpsons made a great joke about this because when they the you know the itchy and scratchy and friends cartoon, they had to create a lot of friends characters. Which never, never works out well. And uh, it, But instead of creating these characters outright, they just dove into the uh, MGM uh, archives and just grabbed some shit. I'm not saying droop, droopy shit. I mean, you know, there were some pretty good droopies back in the day. I'm just saying that that to sort of pad out a Tom and Jerry half hour or hour, that just was a lousy way of doing it. Yeah. Well, I didn't mind that the, that the classic package included the 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 Tex Avery cartoons. I mean, even though you could tell that like the Tom and Jerry cartoons were clearly not the same animation as the Tex Avery cartoons, it was it still felt appropriate enough to me just just to have them all in one in one uh, package because yeah, airing the classics together is one thing. What I mean yeah. is when they tried to create new stuff, you know, from from whole cloth, you know, you new like, droopies. You mean like the filmation stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Where film... Filmation was making new droopies. Yeah, and God, it was it was a it's such a crime that that's the only the only time that Barney Bear was ever resurrected was for that. Yeah. And their version of Barney Bear was oh, it was awful. They didn't even know what to do with him because he's he's kind of the slow witted um, everyman. He's you know you kind of you kind of feel for him, but it's also kind of funny to watch him get his lumps. From whoever's bothering him in, in the old cartoons, and actually, you know, I haven't seen a Barney Bear cartoon in a long time. I think he's just been kind of left to the side because either Boomerang shows Tom and Jerry or they show Tex Avery, but they don't show the whole package. But yeah, they they recycled Barney Bear into into the the filmation catalog, and uh, I think they used him for like the droopy cartoons. They just kind of had him hang out with the wolf for some reason. Yeah, which was kind of dumb, and uh, yeah, the, the filmation filmation version of Tom and Jerry was just really offensive because you you had this really high quality what you, what a cartoon that you would expect to have high quality, and you give it to filmation, the studio that is like the most bargain basement studio you you that ever existed, and they would uh, 
they they had this one chase cycle. I mean, it was like the one where where Tom and Jerry run around the screen, and then Tom makes a dive for Jerry. It lands on his face, and then uh, and then Jerry runs up his his back and slides down the tail. And it's in every fucking cartoon. And I'm <laughs> like, it just it infuriated me because like every every single Tom and Jerry cartoon that was done by the classic Hanna Barbera studio, um, made made certain to have unique jokes in every single cartoon and here's this offensive revival where they're just that's like their that's like their stock their stock yes. animation is the chase it's like the one thing that should be unique in every cartoon isn't yeah and everything in classic tom and jerry was the chase was always different in every cartoon and yeah. because there's always a different mechanic for it like uh, like there was always an obstacle unique to you know unique to Jerry's position that that Tom must overcome or or Tom has an advantage that Jerry must overcome that's unique to to each episode each cartoon. Yeah, every cartoon had its own theme, and there's like the one where Terry or Terry where Jerry's the uh, the white mouse, and it's like how many times can can he get the the white powder blown off him and find something else to replace it? Or yeah. the one where uh, Tom makes the poison milk and it turns him into like a Hulk. Yes. And yeah, every cartoon had its own thing or the one where it's, it's the Mexican household and, and Tom goes down there to uh, stop. Oh my, uh, De La. Like, Yeah. He's speaking bad Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was hilarious. I love, I love Tom reading out of an English to, to Spanish book. And that is why it's okay for Tom to sometimes speak. If it's funny, it's okay. <laughs> Only I mean, if it's funny. It's like it's like Tom was shy. I don't know why. It's And the thing is this is Tom got to win in the old days. Yeah, it was Not very rare, the, but it did happen. And it made you feel good. Like there was this episode where Tom has his cousin who has a big fear problem and afraid of mice and tom went out of his way to help his cousin and actually helped him conquer his fear and frightened jerry and jerry out of the house by i mean actually i really liked that one a lot yeah because who was the, the voice of his of his brother it sounded like sterling holloway but i'm not sure it was i think it was yeah because it was it was i would say almost effeminately wimpy kind of male voice but it worked yeah. and like I said, that that was the beauty of the old Tom and Jerry's was you don't know what flavor you're getting. You know, they they're, they could be in, in in Mexico. They could be, you know, they could be uh, in a basement. They could. Yeah, they didn't care about continuity. It was almost a it was almost a different house every single time. Yes. Just because you know why it would get boring if you just had the same layout. So every time they come up with a different layout. And it services the joke. I think that's probably the reason why is that, you know, you want to design the house to what the jokes are going to be. So, yes, you know, yeah. And that's why it worked. But uh, with the filmation cartoons, I I don't think they had the same house every. Well, I think they always had the same exterior, but there was no rhyme or reason to the inside because nobody. They had the same hallway. I mean, you, you would every think, episode. Yeah, you would think that like. Tom would catch on to uh, how the chase is going to go and change it up every now and then. Yeah. It's like he slid down my tail again. <laughs> and uh, the droopy cartoons. I 
They were bad. They were really, really bad. I don't know if I'm more offended by them or not. Because Droopy is more of a talky cartoon, but, you know, there was nothing funny about it. It's like, you have a chance to to write something. To You don't have the budget for, for animation. You can do clever writing. And they couldn't do that either. Like, there was this one episode where they actually show it on the credits every time. Where Droopy's working on, like, a on high steel and he's, like, uh, using a jackhammer on the wolf guy's foot. Mm-hmm. And the and the thing is that whole cartoon was horrible. It just went on and on and on. But that's on the credit sequence every episode. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I think it's like the most animated they got Droopy in that cartoon. So they're like, well, we got to use this. It looks the best. <laughs> Which isn't <laughs> saying a lot for filmation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is when the uh, when the show opened, it start it opens with Droopy. Oh yeah, it does. He's like, "Hi, folks." That terrible voice, like, "Hello, folks." It's the worst Droopy ever. Yeah. And I, I heard it, Paul Dini worked on this show, and he he's he was even saying he's like, "We watched the old cartoons. We were laughing our asses off. We thought we were gonna make those, and boy, were we naive." <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I mean. Some of the people actually wanted to make good cartoons, but like, you know, higher ups at Filmation didn't care. Gene, or not Gene Deitch, uh, uh, Lou Scheimer. Lou Scheimer, yeah, he didn't care. Yeah, Lou Scheimer was, you know, was like, you know, we gotta have the comet fall off screen. And the the, the thing is that that really gets me is is in the opening in, in the opening credits, you know, they they have Tom and Jerry's head break out of the poster. And, you know, it has this broken poster uh, drawn around their heads. But they don't actually animate their heads breaking out of the poster. It's like a jump cut of, you know, one frame, their heads popping out. You're right. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even have good animation for the opening. Yeah. And, and Tom has some major, uh, major uh, you know, proportion issues. I mean, it, it's like some of the, some of the scenes, you know... He has like this giant ass head and like this kitten body, and and oh, I just saw the voice credit for the show. There's only one voice credit. Who is it? Frank Walker. Oh my god, he did all the voices. It just says it, featuring the voice credits of Frank, voice of you know. See, I knew he was the wolf, but I didn't know he did all the voices. It just I'm says sure, Frank I'm sure, Walker. I'm sure Lou Scheimer did some of the voices. He always does voices. <laughs> Hiya, folks. I don't even know what he, Droopy says. I mean, this is just... You're right, they totally misused that bear. Mm-hmm. And when they have Jerry's cousin in this show as well, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Nibbles was, was voiced by Lou Scheimer. No, no doubt in my mind. Uh, but yeah, at the beginning of the end credits, you have this scene where Tom has like this giant-ass head and like this baby body. And then it's like... Because the thing is this, the... Um, you know the the filmation animators never drew like characters like this that aren't you know just uh, just rotoscoped people walking around. Right. So the, 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 they were actually trying to stretch their animation muscle and not doing a very good job. Yeah, it was something that did not play to their strengths, <laughs> which you know filmation didn't have much strength to begin with. But you know you you have a studio that's mostly known for rotoscoping. And you give them two of the cartooniest cartoon characters of all time. Yeah. 
what were you thinking? <laughs> they weren't. And if there were humans in the show, you know, it was like it was like the peanuts, where like the adults you just see them from like the waist down. Womp, 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 womp. Well, you could hear them speaking. It was usually Frank Welker. Although what was interesting was when uh, when the, the Tom and Jerry cartoons came out, they cast Frank Welker as as the wolf again, and <laughs> he did it, it was he did the character exactly the same way he did in film in the filmation cartoon, and I was like, well. That's kind of an interesting choice that you would make that connection, but again, why? Because <laughs> it's not like it's not like there was any nostalgia for it. It's like, oh, good, there's a connection from this, you know, moderately well animated cartoon to this shittier one that came out earlier in the decade. Yes. I mean, well, Tom, the, the Tom and Jerry cart Tom and Jerry Kids cartoon was mm, okay sometimes. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the internet's number one and longest running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. And now, back to the show. Well... The big problem, the big problem I have with you know going back to the the Hanna Barbera Tom and Jerry show is you know the the idea of Tom and Jerry being like friends, yeah. because you know they're supposed to be antagonistic towards each other. You know, there's this whole feel goody, oh everyone has to get along kind of thing, and if there's a villain, it has to be a villain that's not one of the named characters. You can't have characters, you know. Your two main stars fight each other, and I think that that's a big shame because, you know, even in the classic, uh, you know, MGM era, there were like one, maybe two times that Tom and Jerry teamed up mm-hmm. against a greater foe like uh, the fucking There's, duck. Yeah, the the duck. Yeah, but there was one where a very early one where they took on an early version of Spike. Yeah, they were both running from Spike, and they teamed together to take him on. Yes, but even then, it was like. It was like gags about how they they could attack the dog. It wasn't yes. like Tom and Jerry get along and like they just lock the dog outside, then nobody gets hurt. No, nah, it was what a they brief. Just what they would do in the later cartoons. Yeah, it was a brief alliance. Portrait. An alliance? Yes. 
I don't know. I, I think the the point we're trying to make is, you know, quite frankly, not many people get Tom and Jerry anymore, especially people that run the shows. And I don't think it's that they don't get it. I think it's that you know, time the way things are now, like they couldn't get away with doing cartoons like that. I mean, even when they did one like a few years ago, did you ever see the Karate Guard? Karate Guard. Yeah, it's the very last Tom and Jerry cartoon animated by Joe Barbera, and it is awful because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of gags about how about how Jerry has this has this version of Spike who's like this samurai who protects him, and it's it's really dumb because like all the all the jokes are like is this a like, modern animated one? It's a modern animated one, and it's like Tom gets hurt a lot, but it's kind of like an off-screen kind of hurt like he'll get like like a filmation kind of hurt not that bad but he'll he'll get like slingshotted off screen and you'll hear him crash somewhere but you won't see it happen it's like you don't get to see him get maimed and it's not because it's a it's a you know it's a budget why why does why does jerry have like a uh a uh a uh ghost sensei because he's taking karate for some reason and that fails I mean, at some the, point. And... Th- this whole gag is just a play on the just whistle when you need me thing that they did in the classic era. Actually, you're right. <laughs> it, it is that, except it's not funny. <laughs> and it, it's really a depressing cartoon to watch because as the cartoon begins, there's a pan over like the living room and you see a video game machine hooked up and you see modern phones and modern TVs and you're like, ah, this is so wrong. <laughs> This should not exist on a Tom and Jerry cartoon. You need like the TV with the rabbit ears if there's a TV there at all. <laughs> there should be like old appliances, you know, like the 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 washboard and uh and you know you know, it's like the stuff that they had before like modern washing machines. You got like the thing that rings out the clothes. Yes. And it's like you shouldn't be it you shouldn't be seeing modern appliances in, in Tom and Jerry cartoons. So used to see washboards, used to see ice boxes. Yeah, that had like ice cube trays instead of automatic ice makers. Yes. It's like rotary phones. I can't believe they made this. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I know that, that Joe Barbera had done a, a couple of cartoons like early on in, in Cartoon Network. You know, like when they were doing the... Uh, yeah, it was the What a Cartoon show. He did a couple uh, Flintstone shorts, and he did you know a couple other things that were decent. They were kind of late '90s Hanna Rivera cartoons, but they were they were okay. And this was this was like not even that good. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the Karate Guard, kind of a depressing end to uh, <laughs> to the classic, if you could even call it part of the classic era. I mean, paintballs, really. I don't get this. Oh, I forgot about the fucking paintballs. You're watching it right now, aren't you? Yeah. It's like, yeah. why paintballs? I mean... Yeah, that's another thing that should not be in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I mean, they, they made a point that, oh, we're shooting him, but with a non-violent shooting thing. Mm-hmm. Because we're non-violent. Yeah, it's like, you're doing a non-violent cartoon about the two most violent cartoon characters <laughs> to ever be on the silver screen. Laminade? Exactly, it's Porch Pals. Please. <laughs> You're my best friend. 
I, I don't know how many of the younger listeners get the reference, but I'm, I'm sure they explain. get it. It's it's the one uh, itchy and scratchy cartoon where Marge got her way and got got to make got to force the animation company to make wholesome and safe itchy and scratchy cartoons, and they sucked. I love the fact that that voice, laminate, and it was even animated like a like a modern cartoon where like nobody's yeah. really moving. Yeah, it's just like really simple cycles of them like rocking back and forth. Yes, please. I I want to know who did those voices. I don't know, because that was funny. I'm sure those are sped up too, just because yes. that is not a natural sound. <laughs> but that's that's exactly what's wrong with this it's uh is you know tom and jerry i i think the thing is this i almost want to say is you can't if you can't do a good tom and jerry you shouldn't do tom and jerry period just leave us what we have yeah that's that's kind of how i feel about like god i'm going to go off on a different topic here but it's kind of the way i feel about comics nowadays it's like i kind of wish they would stop trying to reinvent old characters and just make new ones <laughs> Like, we have to change so and so's costume, and we have to be grittier and darker with Batman. It's like, come the fuck on. <laughs> we need to put lines all over all over Superman's suit, but he can't have the underoos on. <laughs> the lines happen to be the where the arc, the points of articulation are on the toys. It's it's true. I know. It's like, okay, we got to change with the times, but. The, Make new shit. Don't keep trying to reinvent. You can't reinvent Tom and Jerry because people are going to come come at it with a certain set of expectations, and they're going to see what you made and then be like, "This ain't Tom and Jerry. This is this is Porch Pal." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just not the same. Not even close to being the same. I mean, I don't know what else we could say other than you know it, they they just don't get the point of Tom and Jerry, and it's just not. As good. Ever will be as good. No, we'll never have good Tom and Jerry cartoons ever again. Unless, like, some rogue Flash animator starts doing them. Well, you know what? <laughs> we are eventually going to talk about the, uh, you know, in a future episode, we are going to talk about the uh, the wacky, wacky world of Tex Avery. But we'll... But, uh, a little sneak peek is today I showed Neil one episode of it and barely one episode I could not sit through it. <laughs> and well, let, I'll, I'll let Neil sum up his initial thoughts, and you'll hear his full thoughts when we do the full episode. I didn't see the guy's name in the credits, but the opening, the opening animation, I swear it looks like Ken Kennedy because it's got like the big goofy grin and the bounciness. But the actual animation in the show is, like, static as fuck. <laughs> I know. It's like, nothing is moving. And it's like, you put Tex Avery's name on this. How dare you, Dee? How dare you? I think the funniest thing was... Uh, I mean, I'm was, more offended by this than I am by Quickie Koala. Actually, um, they they had a an unlicensed cameo in the third episode. Yeah, I saw that. And the thing about that is that while it doesn't look like modern bugs, it looks like one of the early bugs, like like the the very first official Bugs Bunny cartoon when uh, when uh, Elmer Fudd is out with his camera. 
Yes. And Bugs looks kind of weird. He looks like that Bugs. So, yeah, I can kind of understand why Warner Brothers got angry. <laughs> like some of the drawings were, like, dangerously close to that Bugs. Yes. And they... <laughs> I think they, you know what, the, you know, I know uh, Neil makes a good case of, you know, sometimes, you know, these companies shouldn't be that uh, that hard on over over the uh, over their rights, but I, I think this is a case where I think you could actually argue Warner Brothers was justified to be mad. Uh, well, the thing is, they're never going to make a good Bugs Bunny cartoon. So Again. at the same time, I'm I'm like. Let someone else do it if you're not going to do it. Just not these guys. Yeah, yeah. Deke, Deke couldn't animate a good a good Bugs Bunny cartoon if they tried. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If we if we do an episode about that, we should kind of combo it with uh, with the uh, the new adventures of Beanie and Cecil. Okay. Because that was also done by Deke, but it was, I guess it was done better because because it had John Kay at the helm and. He was trying to do like goofy experimental stuff and kind of but fighting. Wasn't, wasn't, what's his way. name still alive to stop them from doing too much shit to his stuff? No, I think they pretty much got the uh, all the uh, the rights squared away. I mean, they were doing a Beanie and Cecil cartoon for Christ's sake. But uh, and he he knew Bob Clampett and he he was a good friend with Bob Clampett, so he must have had some blessing. But yeah, I guess in that cartoon. Uh, John Kay was trying to do all this goofy experimental stuff, and Deke didn't want him to do it, and it was just like a clusterfuck, and I think maybe one or two episodes got out, and it was very quickly and quietly canceled. I mean, I never saw the cartoon when it first aired, so yeah, we should talk about that. Absolutely. Because it's kind of in the same theme as uh, the wacky world of Tex Avery, (laughs) and as long as we're doing that, we might as well throw in Quickie Koala. Oh God! <laughs> Which there isn't much to say about that anyway. But allegedly, the very last thing that Tex Avery ever worked on, and I'm using finger quotes when I say worked on. Yeah, I think that he, that's. Uh... He was probably visiting Hanna Barbera Studios and was just walking through the hall, and he was like, "I had an idea about a koala," and that's like <laughs> about as far as it got. <laughs> <laughs> and and the cartoon airs, and it's like based on an idea from Tex Avery. The thing is, what makes Beanie and Cecil so fun is the fact that uh, is the fact that uh, the sea monster is obviously supposed to be like a hand puppet. Yes, yeah, I love that that aspect of it. it it's totally a hand puppet in the animation. Yes, I mean, all it needed was like an arm with a wire attached to it. Yes. <laughs> and and in my mind, that's what made it work because without that, it, it's just. You know, you know, it, you know, it, it obviously had like this layer, like a, uh, like a, uh, like a, like a puppet show kind of layer to yeah. it that just made it work. I think there was a puppet version of it, though. I vaguely recall seeing uh, a puppet version of Beanie and Cecil, where Beanie is just kind of this sort of wooden puppet, like he kind of looks like a Potter puppet pal, mm. and then uh, you know, puppet pal clam. Yeah, or did I get the mix up? I met Cecil. No, no, Cecil's the sea serpent. No. Yes. Okay, I didn't get them. Yes, Cecil is uh, is just a sock with eyes on it. Yes. So yeah, I love that they captured that in the animation. Just that was total total genius. 
Yes. And I think that that's what made it work. I mean, sometimes you can't ball lightning twice, so you shouldn't try. Yeah. But, you but, know, John Kay, I, you know, I, I haven't actually seen the show. I wish, I, I hope it's on YouTube. I really want to see it just to see what he tried to do. And then he and Ralph Bakshi later got together and did Mighty Mouse. <laughs> you know, again, something that was resuscitated from, from, uh, the hands of uh, of Filmation. Filmation did this horrible New Adventures of Mighty Mouse, and then Bakshi and uh, and John Kay got together and did Mighty Mouse: The New Adventures, very cleverly named, and they made something that was like a thousand times better. Yes. In fact, not I, only I mean, was it not only was it better than the Filmation version, it was better than everything else that was on. Saturday morning at that time, it was like there was no other cartoon that looked like that. I think we're going to do a whole episode on not just these, but others. Like, I mean, uh, we could call it we could call it shitting on legacies. Yeah, we could do like, that because you know there was you know I'm going to bring up again the classic George of the Jungle. Loved classic George of the Jungle. And then they and did a, uh, a flash flash movie. cartoon. Yeah, which. I can kind of see why they think that would be analogous, but at the same time, it's not. Well, number one is George is supposed to be like this barrel-chested, uh, you know. Oh yeah, they completely changed his character model. I wasn't even talking about that. I'm like, you know, the stiff, the stiff animation of those old cartoons. You know how, you know, you, I could see how a studio would think, oh, we can re- reproduce this in Flash, but you, you can't because it's a completely different beast, and it's like even. As low budget as those old cartoons are, they still look a shit ton better than than anything they did in Flash with George of the Jungle. Yes, and the thing is, my big point is like the whole character design is, you know, George is supposed to be like this barrel chested, you know, doofus. Yes, he's supposed to be the strong man. He's supposed to be like, he's supposed to look strong and intimidating and heroic, but the problem is he's an idiot. Versus always... him looking like an idiot and is an idiot. Yeah. That sort of just, that ruins the whole gag. I've seen clips of that show and I see the one thing in animation that just drives me crazy now where is you have like, you have like a shot of the character where his head is dead center in the screen or maybe like, maybe like off to the side a little, you know, the, the two thirds thing. And then he's got, then he's talking and he's got the exposition, the exposition hand going where it's just. It's just the the one hand that kind of rises up into frame and just wags as he's talking, and that drives yes. me nuts because every cartoon does that. It's like, be more creative. If I was working at an animation studio, I would just I would draw that frame and I would just put a big red X through it and be like, you will never do this frame ever. <laughs> do something interesting with the hands. And as long as we're clock, uh, as long as we're crossing things out, you'll also never do scenes where you show people typing. Because <laughs> that is my other pet peeve is like, whenever I don't know why they do this. Because if you watch like crime dramas and shit, wherever ever somebody has to go to a computer, like oh I have to look something up on the internet, they you will never see the camera, you know, switch to an overhead shot of the keyboard. So I don't know why cartoons do that. It's like every time someone goes to type on a computer, they always show a shot of the hands, and it's like no one can animate that right. It always looks like shit. It either looks like it, it, it kind of looks like they're hunting and pecking with like with all ten fingers, or it kind of looks like they're massaging the keyboard, and both look wrong. 
you know what the only time uh, an animator in the last, you know, in the last 20 years made George of the Jungle look good was? What? Uh, it, w- it was the beginning opening sequence of the Brendan Fraser movie. Ah. They got they got a real animator, the guy who did the opening to like City Slickers, mm-hmm. do like this whole opening story of George of the Jungle. Yeah, there was once a there was once a time where uh, there was actually like uh, a market for that to have like animated openings for movies. I mean, obviously the the Pink Panther movies, but there were others yes. like uh, City Slickers. The, yeah, City Slickers. Also, uh, I think the. The second weekend at Bernie's cartoon had a really good animated opening. Yes, I know there were there were a few of them, but I'm kind of blanking on it right now. But like I said, this is the only time I've ever saw like a good modern George of the Jungle animation, and because it actually works with you know you know the style isn't exactly the classic George style, but it's like respectful to it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Right. And. You know, lots of people don't understand what that means, but I promise you, if you look at this and then you look at that fucking Flash cartoon, you'll you'll know what I mean immediately. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is that, like, those old cartoons were written by people that came off of, like, radio dramas. And some of, some of a lot of early TV is written like radio shows. And yes. there's, like, a charm in that that's lost that people don't really understand how to replicate anymore. And that, that really carried over into early cartoons. Like, Roger Ramjet was, like, you could just shut your eyes and you could follow the cartoon because the because not only is the narrator telling you everything that's going on, but like the the characters will be like, look at this, and they'll like explain what they're looking at, and it's but it's it's done in a way that isn't like condescending. It's not like super cheesy. It's actually really funny what the way they do it. So we got to do a Roger Ramchat cartoon episode. Yes, yes we do. Yes we do. I but love that cartoon. I have I have the three DVD set. Plus the the two extra DVDs that don't that have cartoons that aren't on that set, and I will watch every single one of them if we do a Roger Ramjet episode. That's that's a deal. We'll <laughs> do that. But you know, like I said, is is part of it is finding the people with the talent, finding the people that will give them the leeway to to run with that talent. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like the only way you're going to do it now is if you just do it independently. Yep. I mean, I mean, you kind of get that with uh, with like. Homestar Runner. But... Why do you hate Homestar? I mean, that's that's a cartoon made with love. Yes. And if they had sold it, it would not be the same. Absolutely true. Speaking of which, they're coming out with a Halloween episode. It might be out at the time that you people out there are listening to this. Yes. Because this will be out the week of Halloween. Yes. But yeah, look forward to it. We're gonna have we're gonna have an episode coming up, shitting on legacies. <laughs> We're going to call it something a little bit nicer than that, but... Maybe. Because that's what these things are doing, you know? It's like, oh, remember this cartoon that was really good? Yeah, let's do a modern version that has none of the stuff you love. Just reminded me, Seth MacFarlane is still doing the, the new Flintstones, right? I heard that that got blocked. Oh, thank God. Remember? You're the one that told me it got blocked. Oh, well, I read stuff and then I forget. Okay. But... Because one of the people that were that ran the old show actually went out of his way to block it. It was Ed Benedict. He rose from the grave and cock blocked it. <laughs> and then Neil finally believed in a divine being. Nah. <laughs> I had to go there, Neil. Yeah. 
If that actually happened, would you? No, because it wouldn't happen. <laughs> well, that's that. Well, gee, you don't know how to fun, have fun with hypotheticals. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I I don't know what else you could say about this other than there is nothing else to say. You know, look forward to these new episodes coming up. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be releasing more episodes again. So, uh, this show's Ben. With TV users, Neil. And we're saying goodnight. You're my best friend. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs>